The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Zillow Group saw earnings go up 20% year-to-year in the first quarter, but that number was helped by the company's decision to sell off its housing stock and get out of the iBuying game. So what's next for Zillow and for iBuying? This is The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today, I'm joined by David Krzyzewski. Dave, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on. So Dave, you you took a look at the Zillow Group earnings report uh, that came out today. What did they tell us? Uh, well, it actually came out last evening. Uh, they released it after the market closed. And it was there wasn't really much of a surprise. Just like most companies involved in the housing industry, they're starting to feel the pain a little bit of rising interest rates and the low inventory and housing prices going up. Uh, so their uh, earnings took a little bit of a hit. Their net income for the first quarter was um, actually up from uh, the, a year earlier, but there was a reason for that because elsewhere they, you know, they had some numbers that weren't so so good to look at. But there was a reason why they they actually did had some solid earnings, and that was because, as we'll talk about, they're getting out of buying and selling homes online or i buying as it's called so why why are they doing that especially if uh, obviously that 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 growth that the profit is going to be exaggerated because they're probably aggressively selling off that stock but if it's the thing that's helping their earnings why are they getting out well <laughs> it wasn't helping their earnings last year uh, when they you know they got into i buying and there was some question as to why they were doing it and more importantly, how they were doing it. And outside observers were looking at what they were doing, the way they were buying homes, how quickly they were buying them, the prices they were buying them for, uh, and then what was happening once they owned them and tried to flip them. And their model was not working. And they realized it in the middle of last year and started to halt purchases of homes because they had a backlog of homes that they were working to renovate. And because of the pandemic, they were having supply chain issues. They were having trouble finding uh, workers to renovate the homes. And they were discovering that some of the homes they bought had more problems than they knew about. And eventually in the third quarter, they announced that not only have they stopped buying homes, they're gonna get out of the iBuying business altogether. And at that point, they had something like more than 20,000 homes they had acquired. So it left them with a huge asset, a group of assets on their books that they had to get rid of. And it took them a while to accomplish that, but they actually accomplished it much faster than they expected to do. And 
And during the uh, earnings report yesterday, their CEO noted that they had just 100 homes left that were not yet under contract to be sold out of all those thousands of homes that they had originally had on their books. Wow, that, that's a huge sell-off. And certainly with a, a brand name as big as Zillow, you know, they have the reach, they should be able to sell off homes. Uh, but but what you touched on why they're getting out of iBuying. So what does that mean for iBuying in general? If, if a company like Zillow can't get it right, is, is there a, a market here or is this just something that, that's hard to make money at? Well, it's, it's not an easy thing to make money at, but it, it can be done. <laughs> and Exhibit A is a, a rival company called Offerpad, which also released their earnings this week. And <laughs> for the last two quarters, this company has seen their revenue just absolutely skyrocket. Uh, in the first quarter, their revenue totaled 100, I'm sorry, it's $1.37 billion. That was up almost 400% from the first quarter of last year. And part of that was because uh, homes they had bought, they turned around and sold in the quarter. They sold more than 3,600 homes. And that was up 254% from what they sold a year earlier. And because of the way the housing market is, they got really good prices for those homes because, as you know, prices have soared. So even though rates are up, the prices are up as well. And they were able to get a much better return on their investment than they expected. So OfferPad, at least for the moment, seems to be doing it right. Uh, there were some things in the report that, you know, they mentioned that they were still dealing with the rising interest rates. And, uh, you know, lack of inventory to sell and that's affecting buyers looking for homes and it's certainly affecting refinancings. But uh, overall, anyway, OfferPad's model seems to have been a little bit better than or maybe a lot better than Zillow's iBuying model. You described the rest of Zillow's earnings report as, as not really being strong in the first quarter. Now that they're getting away from iBuying, I mean, what what? What does the future hold for them? What are they going to be doing to try to, you know, reverse the rest of what they're doing and, and try to certainly have have better showings over the rest of the year? Yeah, their their CEO during a webcast with uh, analysts yesterday cited what he calls five key growth pillars for the company, and this is what they're going to be focusing on going forward. And iBuying was not one of them. Uh, touring, as in customers touring homes for sale, both in-person and online, uh, is one of the pillars. The others are financing, expanding uh, the services they have for sellers, enhancing its partner network, and integrating services. But they're really looking at touring as what they call the key point of moment sale. I'm sorry, key point of sale moment in real estate. Because that, that when people look at a house online, there's a number of things they can do. They can immediately move on or they can show some interest and try to get more information. And that's where Zillow hopes to capture them. So they've developed a, a few things, some new technology and some new apps to try to capture those people. 
And one of them is a, is a new thing. They have a, a 3D home tour that you can take. One of the complaints people have about working at homes online is they look at the pictures and they can't really get an idea of the flow of the home. And there's 3D, this Zillow 3D home tour gives them a much better sort of virtual reality type look at a home. And they found that in the third quarter, um, 81% of the, or I should say homes that had the 3D feature saw 81% more views and were saved by 53% more buyers than homes that didn't have the feature. And they've developed some other things too, uh, that they're hoping to really capture people who go to their website looking for a home to buy or a home to sell. Yeah. And we've seen indications, you know, elsewhere in the industry over the last couple of months that particularly with the pandemic, more and more people are shifting to at least initially looking at homes online. Uh, and that's that's across generations. That's not even, you know, something that it's just Gen Z and millennials. All home buyers are are really liking the opportunity to look at a home online before they get to it. So it seems like Zillow is trying to, to cash in on that. Absolutely. They did note that six more than six million homes changed hands in 2021. And Zillow estimated that two thirds of uh, the buyers of those homes were on Zillow's apps or website at some point. That's that's a huge uh, opportunity for them to capture those buyers to get them to use their apps and their website to further along, you know, sort of further along in the process. Because Zillow can also connect people with agents to talk to uh, and provide them with other useful resources that they can use when they are looking to buy a home. Yeah, certainly trying to find their place in a, in a shifting market. Dave, thanks once again for your insight. Thanks for having me on. And I'll have the rest of your Friday headlines right after this message. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. These are the rest of your headlines for today, May 6th. PennyMac Financial Services is the latest company to feel the sting of both higher home prices and rising interest rates. Earnings fell 54% year-to-year in the first quarter, but PennyMac officials say that the report showed a solid showing given those prices and interest rates. And finally, the U.S. added 428,000 jobs in April, and unemployment rate remains at 3.6%. People are re-entering the workforce, but not fast enough to keep up with the demand for workers, so that means wages are up 5.5% from last year. If wage growth continues pushing inflation up, the Fed could get more aggressive with its rate increases. At the same time, those higher earnings are likely to keep potential buyers in the housing market, even as interest rates and prices make home buying less affordable. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All episodes are produced by TG Cotemporor and Matthew Mullins. Mike Savino is head of multimedia and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review so that others can find it. Thanks for listening.